Fantastic. Well, it's, we are really, we're super excited to be here today. You know, we're so excited. It's a well-used phrase here, but we are very excited. And it's great to be back. We've um, had a really busy summer of being away, but a really busy summer in being restored and refreshed and replenished as well, which is fab. And um, we know that we're doing the theme at the moment of portraits, but we wanted to give you some summer snapshots, uh, some things that we've learned, some things that we've been reminded of during our time over the summer. Um, so I want to start by uh, reading to you from Matthew 11. I'm going to read from a couple of translations. First of all, um, from the message and then from the NIV. Matthew 11:28-39. Before I read it, I want to say this, that this morning we want it to be about impartation and we want to leave space for God to connect with each of us and do a work in each of us because that's the most important thing that can happen today. Not that we can tell you some stories and you can think that was nice, but actually that God will do something in each of our hearts. So... Let's open our hearts and be ready. Lord, would you come as only you can and change us from the inside out? Come and do a work in us today. We're open to what you want to do. Amen. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And then the same verses in the NIV. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from, from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can you believe that in January it will be 10 years that we will have been leading the church? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's gone so quickly. And whilst we were away this summer and contemplating this concept of coming away with Jesus and having some protracted rest, some protracted time to, to be um, without, um, without being hindered in that, he reminded us of something that he said to us all the way back when we first stepped into leading the church. I think we'd been commissioned maybe the Sunday before, and on the Monday, we took a walk um, together and we were praying and saying, okay, Lord, what do you want to say to us as we embark on this crazy new adventure? Um, we felt completely out of our depth, if we're very honest. And um, even though we had known it was coming for a little while, once the announcement had been made and we were commissioned, suddenly we were faced with all this new responsibility and we knew that we just needed the Holy Spirit. We needed God. And this, interestingly, is what he chose to say to us at that moment. We walked past a speed camera, just like that, and the words leapt off the page, no excuse for speeding. No excuse for speeding. And we had this sense that actually it was really important that we didn't just rush headlong with all our Tigger-like energy into 
absolutely everything we felt he was showing us straight away, but that we learned to pace ourselves and learned to, to get a right rhythm. And I can honestly say, looking back over the last 10 years, we've had moments where we've done really well with that, and we've had moments where we've done really badly with that. And we found ourselves coming out of this last year. The pandemic was a tough stretch for all of us in different ways, and senior leadership of a church and a network at that time was pretty tough. And then we've had this year of turning the corner, of steering the church into a, an exciting new phase, and it's been energizing. But we found ourselves on the precipice of the summer holidays, just thinking, man, we've We've been driven. We've just found ourselves ticking and reacting to one set of big events after another. There have been all sorts of heavy things that you guys have been walking through, and we feel that with you. There have been many decisions to make. It's been, um, you know, pivoting into online, the online and the live streaming world, none of which happens by osmosis, and so many other things that we don't have time to mention. But we knew that we were tired, and we knew that it wasn't a good headspace for us to just be permanently reacting, that actually what God had said to us right back then in the beginning was equally true for us now. And we had a sense that we just didn't want to come into September depleted. We wanted to come in ready to go, full of Jesus, because without that, we have nothing. It's all pointless. So we spoke to our trustees, who are a beautiful, godly bunch, and we explained how we were feeling. And they've been on some of the inside track with us, so I don't think any of them were particularly shocked. And we said, look, we've got some ministry engagements over the summer, which we're committed to, but beyond that, we want to ask your permission to take some protracted time to invest in family life, to invest in our marriage, to just be replenished and restored and full of Jesus again. And for that, we actually feel like we need to step out for a while so that we can have that time. And God has just, um, he's met us so beautifully in these moments that we want to take you through some of the snapshots, some of the highlights, um, the beautiful kingdom things we've seen happen both, both in us and through us as we've been journeying together as a family. But we really believe that this isn't only for us. It's not just an indulgent, let's show you all our holiday pictures. Um, we actually feel as we've prayed for us as a church collectively, that the journey he's taken us on, the reminder that there's no excuse for speeding, it's not just for ourselves. It's for all of us. There's a new rhythm for us to find here at Skylark Church and out into our network as Skylark International. And we feel that the journey has been one of refreshing and replenishing. That's me going down a water slide with the girls. It's been a time to rest, to stop being so restless. It's been a time to recalibrate, and there we are at New Wine with just beautiful members of our church family gathering around us and praying for us just before we left, which was such a special moment. And it's been a time to receive. That has been our journey the last few weeks. So we want to unpack that a little bit more for you this morning. Okay, so I just want to um, pop up the verses again. 
Are you tired, worn out, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life. I feel that's what God wants to say to us today, to each of us individually. Come to me. Come to me and you'll recover your life wherever you find yourself. And we have tried to do what these verses have said. We've tried to come away with him. We've tried to take a rest with him this summer, to walk with him and to learn from him. And uh, I would just want to highlight a few things that he has reminded us of and told us of afresh that hopefully will be really useful for you. And the first is about pace. There's no excuse for speeding. What's your pace like at the moment? What was your pace like maybe at the end of the last term if you've had a summer holiday? I know some people do, some people don't. What's your pace like? I know that I used to like running. I still do, but I can't go further than about a kilometre because of my knees. But um, I uh, used to love it. And I remember once doing a race, and I've told you about some of my races, but not this one, that I was, uh, I was pretty good at the 8 and 15. But when I first started the 1500, um, it was my first go at doing it. And you know, the, the clapper started or the gun fired, however the race was started, and we were off. And I went away like a whippet. I went like an 800-meter runner, um, and I was loving it, nice out, nice out in front. And there was a guy just, just a little bit in front of me. The two of us, we were gone. I thought, well, I'm just sticking with this guy. I mean, it's going to be amazing. Um, and we, we went and went, and we did about the first lap, and I was thinking, I am dying at this pace. Who is this guy? How can he run this fast? And then pretty soon afterwards, I had to pull out, and I just went off the side of the track thinking, oh, that is awful. And the thing was, about 50 minutes later, so did he. I thought he was this amazing pace setter, but he was as clueless as I was. So, um, and then we, we watched as the, the people who knew what they were doing with their right pace. They, they all ran. They all finished the race. And um, it says, oh, are you tired? Are you worn out? It might be an indication if you have been tired, you're feeling tired, you're feeling a bit worn out. It might be an indication that your pace is wrong. You might be trying to run at somebody else's pace and not the one that God has set for you. Jesus says, walk with me, don't run. He wants to give us rest. So that's, that's the first thing from those verses. Yeah. One of the other things that he's spoken to us about before, and some of you will have heard me share this, is ticking and not flowing. And the reason that we read the message translation of those verses this morning is because there's a beautiful translation in the message, which is the unforced rhythms of grace. And I love that. How do we actually live in the unforced rhythms of grace? Because the reality is that we all have deadlines. We all have certain routines that mean that we have to listen to and obey the alarm clock. We can't just press the pause button on life forever. Holiday is not real life, is it? But how do we follow Jesus? How do we emulate him in finding those unforced rhythms of grace? Well, to me, it's the difference of, with, between ticking and flowing. And several years ago, we were in France, and I was sitting in my, my mother-in-law's mobile home. Uh, Mum, I know you'll be watching this morning. Love you. Um, and there was a ticking clock. In fact, there were a couple of ticking clocks, and they were ticking at different times. And I'm one of those people, because I'm creative, ticking really gets to me. I can't have any ticking clocks in my own home because... Either I want to sing along to it, which if I'm trying to concentrate on something else is really annoying, um, or if I'm trying to think, I just find it deafening. It just feels so loud and intrusive. And so 
I was trying to spend some time with Jesus and oh, the ticking just became deafening. So I said to Pete, right, that is it. I'm going down for a walk by the river. I just need to hang out with Jesus, but I can't cope with the ticking. So down I went. And as I began to walk, God just showed me this beautiful thing which has stayed with me ever since. I began to watch the river and I was saying, Lord, I just don't know how to do this pace thing. I don't know how to walk in your unforced rhythms of grace. I feel like I always come back to you with the same question. And he said, take a look at the river. Watch how it flows. And I saw that in certain places, the river was flowing really fast. There were, there were definitely places where it was f- really rapidly flowing. But then as I walked further, there were places where the river was meandering. And that's where the Lord said, that's what it looks like. Not ticking, not this driven ticking, but actually learning that there are moments where you'll be flowing fast, but you have to then punctuate that with learning to meander. It's about ebb and flow in the kingdom. And that has really stayed with me to the point where now there are people in our staff team who call me out on it. So definitely just on the verge of the summer, Naomi said, are you ticking or are you flowing? And I was like, oh, I know, I know I'm ticking. I, I can feel that driven thing inside of me and it's been so good just to come back to a place of reminding myself that you know to walk in those unforced rhythms of grace to stay close to Jesus that means yes we will have to flow fast sometimes but we also need to find that ebb that meander as well the verses say my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I said to God well Mine doesn't feel light sometimes. What's on my back doesn't feel like it's easy. And I felt God just say to me, well, what's in your backpack? So we went to a backpack thing because I don't normally walk around with a yoke on my shoulder, but my experience of carrying a backpack is real. I've got mine down there, and it's ridiculous what I carry in my backpack. It is. If I carry it on one, on one shoulder, which I usually do, I mean, it's just it's silly what I carry, but just for fun. Wasn't planning on doing this, that's why I didn't bring it up. There's a laptop. There's a big Bible to make me look holy. (laughs) There's a book and a journal. (laughs) Both good ideas, I suppose. There's another little book. Uh, Here's a thing on living as a first man standing, Bible studies for men. So many things to read. There's my iPad. (laughs) Oh, there they are. I can never find them, my glasses. So, as you can see, there's quite a lot of junk in there. Um, And sometimes you need to carry things around with you, don't you? So, as a dad, there are things I have to carry. When we go for a walk, I carry four water bottles. I probably should only carry three, but there you go. Um, I carry the four water bottles and all the lunches and things, and that's fine. That's my role. As a church leader, there are things I'm supposed to carry, but God just challenged me, and I think he wants to challenge you too. What's in your backpack? What are you carrying around with you? A bit like Eddie was saying this morning in in the middle of the worship. What's not yours to carry? What should you be leaving at the foot of the cross? How many things do we wander around with in our life that weigh us down, that God is saying it's not even yours to carry? So a challenge for you today and as we move into this new season, think about the backpack of your life. Think about what you can take out and give to Jesus. And also, the other side is, he wants to pour some more of him into the spaces. We're supposed to be empty vessels, jars of clay that he can fill. But sometimes we're so full of stuff, there's not much room left 
for him to pour something new in. So what maybe do we need to take out and what perhaps do we need to add in this new season? We feel that it's all about our hearts. What God is doing in us and wants to do in each of us is about our hearts. While we were um, away we had in, in France, we had an amazing week of ministry. We spoke 16 times, had 16 messages prepared over the week. Um, we prayed with countless people. It was an amazing, amazing experience. And then we got to the end of that week of ministry and um, we began our weeks of rest. And the very first day, we had new people moving into a caravan opposite us. And uh, Nikki went over and said hi to make them feel welcome. And they'd remembered Nikki from last time we were there speaking in 2019. We had a chat. The husband came over. It was nice that we sort of made them feel welcome. And then the next morning when we got up, there was an ambulance outside their pitch. The long and the short of the story is that the gentleman had had a heart attack. On his first night in a caravan in the heat in France, that is not the place to do it. Well, you don't speak the language, got your two girls, just like we've got two young girls. And uh, God positioned us beautifully to be able to make a difference. We were able to meet the needs of that family, do their shopping, look after the girls, do hospital trips. We were there for, for the next three or four days, just helping out and just being, just loving to these guys. And we, we have actually been super blessed by that relationship. I'm not saying it because we're amazing in any way. God is amazing because he has now made a beautiful friendship. The guy's now okay. It's a shot across the bow. Um, and he's continuing some treatment back home. But it's funny, isn't it, that we went away to do a week's ministry and that we thought was our positioning to be able to make a difference into people's lives. And actually God said, no, actually where I've put you in your rest time, in the other times, where I've actually placed you, I've got an appointment for you. I've got something that I want you to do, which actually out, far outweighs probably any of the other stuff you thought you were there to do. Where has God positioned you? Where do you find yourself today, tomorrow, during the week, in the weeks to come? Maybe God's got a divine appointment for you and he's positioned you for it. Just keep stepping out into all that he's got for us. But it's all about the heart and we felt that God wanted to recalibrate our hearts because our hearts and the way they function, they can become cluttered. They can become weighed down. They can become clogged up like people's arteries do. Our hearts can become hard. And there's this proverb 4.23 that says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Now, I've spent some time sitting with that with a concordance and other things, that verse is good. Do the same. It's really good fun because, um, and I don't want to go in too deep for too long because we're trying to be whistle-stop, but guarding your heart can often be seen like, like, you know, you're not getting in. I'm protecting it. I'm not letting any sort of outside influence come in to, to, to harm it. So things of the world or whatever it might be, you know, we just try to guard it and build a wall around it. But actually guarding our hearts can also mean to tend to it and to keep it well watered, which I think is an amazing translation. In Isaiah 27, 3, it says, in that day, sing about a fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it, semicolon, important semicolon, I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. So there he's saying that he guards it day and night. But what's interesting to me is in verse 3 there, I, the Lord, watch over it. 
The watch over is the same word as the guard later on, which is interesting because when he says, when it goes on to sort of say, and this is how I watch over it, it says I water it continually, which is interesting to me. I, the Lord, I watch over it, which kind of, in, it kind of means I water it continually, and I also guard it. So when we look at the verse, guard your hearts, it doesn't just mean stick up a wall and don't allow bad things to come in. It means tend to it and water it continually, which I think is really important for us. We need to make sure that we tend to our hearts. The word cur, as you know, that French word cur, I saw it on a, on a, uh, a stained glass window just a couple of days ago. Cur, and it was uh, Richard Cur de Lyon, Lionheart. And God has been trying to put courage back into us and he wants to put courage into each of us to encourage us to enable us to keep going to keep pushing forward the the heart is so critical so guard it yes but tend to it and water it and I'll come back to that in a second because Nikki wants to share some exciting stories yeah so really that's exactly what God's been doing in us in recalibrating our hearts he's been encouraging us putting courage back into us for the things that he's called us to and I'm sure it probably seems weird to you guys we we look super confident a lot of the time but we also need courage sometimes for the things that God is calling us to do we sometimes also feel out of our depth or lost or overwhelmed and he's been so beautifully encouraging us and we want to encourage you with some of the stories of what he's been doing. So here we are. This is one of the marquees at um, LPO where we've been in France. It's a a beautiful holiday site run by Spring Harvest and people come um, from all over Europe actually now. It's really beautiful. There are French people, Dutch people and lots of English people too. And what you can't see here, because I didn't want to take a picture of that angle, is this entire marquee is packed full of young people between the age of 16 to 18. And every single young person in that room was abandoned in worship. And there at the front, leading them in worship, is a girl whose name I'm not going to refer to. But I have known her since she was about Aria, my daughter's age. And she was about seven. We've been going to LPO. And initially, we used to go and lead worship. Now we go to speak. And... There she was, now as an adult woman, she's at university, leading these people in worship. And I walked past the tent, caught sight of her, and thought, wow, she was leading with strength. She was leading with passion. Her love for Jesus was so evident. And seeing these young people, some of whom must have arrived in that tent with their arms folded, heads down, not wanting to engage, They were lost in worship. God was doing stuff. She said to me later, as I encouraged her, what a great job she'd done leading worship. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, Nikki, when you first came and led worship, I hadn't seen a role model like you. I hadn't seen someone who was female, and at that stage, I was relatively young, um, leading worship. And it was so inspirational for me to have somebody to focus on that wasn't a man playing a guitar to know that actually I could do stuff that I was called to. She is making great strides in the kingdom and there were some very special things happening that night. I'm excited for that. Here's the next one. This is me giving a hug to a wonderful lady. She heard us speak in 2019 and God began to speak to her and she came forward for prayer. And 
I do not remember this at all, but she came and found us together, didn't she? And she was crying. And she said, I just want to remind you, um, you prayed for me three years ago, and I felt that God was calling me to get ordained in the Anglican Church. But at the time, she was surrounded by people who didn't really believe in women in ministry and who pretty much poured a lot of water onto the fire of her dreams and what God was calling her to do. And the two of us prayed for her and she said, guess what? I've just completed year one and I'm about to go on my placement and I'm living in the center of God's will and I just can't tell you what a difference that has made to my life, to my family and to my trajectory. How awesome is that? Just a little piece of Skylark DNA and kingdom DNA being deposited. Here's Pete speaking away at one of the evening meetings and he was, um, he was stopped by a guy who said, oh, I was here the last time you spoke in 2019 and um, I just need to tell you what happened. You were speaking on something in the morning, you were doing a Bible study session and just took a little detour and you began to talk about pornography and you said some things that were really, really helpful. And as a result of that, I'm a teacher and I took it back to my department because we were planning a whole section of work on how we address this topic with, um, with young lads. And what you said has basically changed the entire curriculum that we've rolled out in our secondary school. Isn't that exciting, church? Like, God's doing cool stuff. Here we are in the mornings, like this is a bar area and it goes all the way out onto the terrace. They just pack in there like sardines and behind the wall there's another section where people sit. And we prayed for leaders that week who had been looking to lead together as husband and wife team but had never seen it modelled in their stream before, who came and found us and said, gosh, we've just never seen it done like that. Would you pray for us? And we've got ongoing conversations with some of those about perhaps partnering and being part of our wider network, which is a beautiful thing. We prayed for people who had left abusive marriages and were broken in tatters and needed encouragement into the depth of their being and what a privilege to be able to stand with those and particularly having gone through our restored training as a church to know that we were equipped to pray at an entirely different level. How awesome is that? We prayed for one lady who inspired us so much that we wept when we left. She'd lost her daughter. Unimaginable. Absolutely unimaginable. But out of the ashes of her grief, she had begun a business that was taking therapy dogs into local schools and facilitating and enabling so many children to get exactly what they need to be able to flourish in a school environment. What an incredible lady to be able to pray and commission into her calling. We prayed for families, and we heard testimonies of families that we prayed for years ago. Heard that there are children who have gone on to be ordained. There are children who were totally away from Jesus, who are now living for him passionately. It was so encouraging. Prayers that we had long forgotten. But Jesus sees the long game. It was beautiful. We prayed for marriages, and we also met people whose marriages have been restored as the result of not just our prayers, but prayers from the whole team there. We prayed for pastors' wives who were struggling with hurt, struggling to be able to forgive some of the things that had happened to their husbands who were restored and re-envisioned. 
We heard testimonies of songs of ours that have been translated into French, and one of which was recently chosen by a very new Christian who just got baptized. How beautiful for us to know that songs that we wrote years ago are not just on God's shelf, but are changing lives in other nations, and we had no clue. And then we caught up with this beautiful lady here. This lady was part of praying for that site before it opened 23 years ago with her husband. She gave up her time voluntarily and they walked the land and day after day after day, they prayed. They prayed for marriages to be restored. They prayed for family units to be reconnected in cohesion. They prayed for prodigals to come home. They prayed for divine encounters for young people. They prayed that children would come to know Jesus and lead the way. They prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And she's now coming home to the UK 23 years later. But this was just after the moment where she was honoured. And I think that's one of the moments that touched me the most because her husband has gone to be with the Lord and this lady has continued to come in and she has continued to pray and most people there would never have known her name or seen her face in a visible way. But all of the things that I've just described to you, which were a tiny snapshot of what God has been doing through that place over the years, They're down to this. It's not down to our eloquent talking. It's not down to our prayer ministry. It's down to those people who are making a difference behind the scenes. So can you see how God recalibrated our hearts in these moments? Just hearing story after story of his goodness, his grace, and the fact that he hasn't hasn't left any tiny seed unwatered. It was so good for our hearts, church. And the reason we share it with you is we want it to be good for yours too. We want for our stories to become your story. For you to realize that God is at work and doing things and he wants to recalibrate our hearts. He wants to... He, basically, you very rarely get to know what happens when you pray for somebody. Very rarely. You can just pray for 10 minutes after a service and then you go your separate ways. And this time in particular, we just had so many people come and say, you prayed this, this is what's happened. You've prayed this, this is what happened. It was so encouraging. We just felt, God, that is so kind of you. God is so kind. And I want to encourage each of you today, how many times have you prayed for somebody and you've not known what's happened? You don't know where people have gone on to. Situations you've been involved in where you've loved people and helped them through. You never know the size of the impact that you are having. So be encouraged by our stories, but also be encouraged by your own too. And what a difference you are making. So as we come to a close, um, I just want to ask this question. How is your heart? How is your heart doing? You may be in a great place. Maybe great. But maybe you've become jaded, discouraged in some way, a bit apathetic, distracted. Maybe you're weighed down, clogged up. Jesus is calling us today to tend to our hearts. And he wants to tend to them too. Not just today, but as we move into this new academic season. One of the things I heard on the news over the summer was that the ground in Europe, in the UK as well, but in Europe, is so hard, it's the hardest it's been for decades because it's been so dry. 
And when a massive rainstorm comes, it doesn't go into the ground. The water can't get into the ground because the, gr the ground is so hard. It just washes off and it causes floods and can cause damage, erode topsoil, all that kind of thing. The ground has become too hard to receive the rain. But ground that is rained on regularly is soft and it's able to absorb the next bit of rain that comes. So the question is, how is your heart and how is my heart? Because being at New Wine and being at LPO reminded me that we are not made for annual refreshing. But so many of us, we have these refreshing moments with God just occasionally. At big moments where if we go to a conference or, or that kind of thing, we can have these big moments of, oh, I remember I, I really had a refreshing time with God, you know, two years ago, whatever. God has not designed us for annual refreshing or very occasional refreshing. We are not made for that. We are made for regular, regular refreshing, to tending to our hearts, having them well watered. And that well watered in this picture is watered by the Holy Spirit. And so he wants us to have in this season, we believe, regular replenishment, regular refreshing and rest and recalibration, not just a one-off, not just us saying it today and then it, we just go on with our business. We're starting these encounter services on Thursday nights, the first Thursday of the month, 7.45. Come along. We are going to hang out in the presence of God and see what he wants to do. We're really excited about that. So we really just want to invite us to receive today. We had some moments of receiving at the very start of the summer. It's funny because you kind of imagine, don't you, when you're depleted, you sort of think you have to go however many weeks before the moment of restoration comes. And God did it in reverse for us this time because we went straight to new wine feeling depleted. And I remember thinking, well, I know what I'm here for. I'm here to facilitate everyone else to have an encounter. I felt responsibility for those in our church family who were there, those in our network who were there. And, but in, inside, I was really hoping to receive something myself. And um, first session, I couldn't go to because we had the girls and um, some of the timings didn't work. So Pete went and he was going forward and he felt he needed to, to be prayed for. But they then said, oh, if you're a church leader, we don't have enough prayer ministry team. So it would be really great if you could pray. So he sort of pivoted in his heart and went, okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for someone. And then the person at the front said, well, actually, some of you church leaders might feel like you need prayer. So if you need prayer, don't go and pray for someone. And he went, oh, yes, permission given. And he came back full. So then I'm thinking, oh, that's cool. I'm super happy for you. But OK. And next morning, it's the first morning of Bible teaching. And um, I'm sitting there, you know, you sometimes think, oh, this is really good for so-and-so because they've had a really hard time. And I know, you know, you're thinking all of that stuff. And then, uh, whoosh, God just put his finger on some things. And I went forward for ministry, and I came back looking like a panda, basically, because I'd been crying so much. Next morning, I thought, I've had my encounter, so I'm here to help everyone else. Like, I'm ready. I want everyone else to have their encounter now. And no, <laughs> God went, still you. And there was this moment where he just invited um, church leaders to stand and just ask their congregations, anyone who was there to stand around them. And that's probably my most profound moment, actually, from the entire summer, just being covered and surrounded by people from our church family. 
and just feeling wave after wave after wave of Holy Spirit restoration. It was so beautiful. So I walked back from that ministry time looking like the Joker. And um, Alice Cooper. <laughs> sure enough, you know, God had moments for everybody else there too. We're telling you all of that because we started with those verses from Matthew. Come to me. And church, we believe it's not just about us receiving. It's been awesome what he's done in this time. But actually that he wants to transfer and amplify out that blessing to each of you. Are you tired? Are you depleted? Are you worn out on religion? His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He wants you to receive something fresh. And yeah, we'd like to invite you to do the same. So in this picture, and I know we spoke of it a little bit at the baptism service, but this was Aria just at the front at New Wine. And when we asked her what she was doing, she said, I was just lying on the floor and Jesus said, hold my hands. So I was just holding hands with Jesus. And I felt Holy Spirit just filling, filling me and, and washing over me and it felt amazing. And sometimes it can be so easy for kids. <laughs> They're not encumbered, are they? They're not held back. You've explained something to them, they love Jesus and they hear him say, hold my hand and they light the front with their arms like that. Amazing. We need to learn from children sometimes. So this morning, the invitation is come to me, all who are weary. Come to me if you need your heart tended to. We don't need to wait to go away to a conference we can do it here. You can do it in your chairs where you are sitting. But I want to encourage us to come to the front if we would love to feel that refreshing today, to know that refreshing. If you feel hard-hearted, if you just feel like, oh God, I need this. I need this replenishing, this refreshing, this recalibration. If it's any of it spoken to you, then as, as Mike starts to play for us, why don't we, um, why don't we all stand? Because it's easier if we all stand, please, if that's okay. People at home too. I know you can't come to the front, but you could stand where you are if you're able to, or you could place your hand on your heart and say, Lord, I'm ready to receive. He doesn't need you to be in this room. But for those of us in this room, why don't you lay your hands on your hearts where you find yourself? Lord, you call us to come to you. And so this morning we come. I come to you to receive your rest, your refreshing, your recalibration, your replenishment, your encouragement. Above all else, we need to guard and look after and water well our hearts.